Section twenty one of The Romance of a Mummy and Egypt. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. The Romance of a Mummy and Egypt by Theophile Gautier. Translated by F. C. de Sumacrost. Section twenty one. Chapter seventeen. The Pharaoh did not answer to Hoser he gazed with a sombre eye upon the body of his first-born son his untamed pride rebelled even as he yielded in his heart he did not believe in the lord and he explained away the scourges which had smitten egypt by attributing them to the magic power of moshe and aaron which was greater than that of his magicians the thought of yielding exasperated his violent fierce soul but even had he wished to retain the israelites his terrified people would not have allowed it the egyptians dreading to die would all have driven out the foreigners who were the cause of their ills and suffering they kept away from them with superstitious terror and when the great hebrew passed followed by aaron the bravest fled fearing some new prodigy and they said is not the rod of his companion about to turn into a serpent again and coil itself around us had tahoser then forgotten poeri when she threw her arms around the pharaoh's neck in no wise but she felt springing up within the king's obstinate soul projects of vengeance and of extermination she feared massacres in which would have fallen the young hebrew and the gentle rahel a general destruction which this time would have changed the waters of the nile into real blood and she strove to turn away the king's wrath by her caresses and gentle words the funeral procession came for the body of the young prince to carry it to the mannonia quarter where it was to undergo the preparation for embalming which lasts seventy days the pharaoh saw the body depart with a gloomy look and he said as if filled with a melancholy presentiment now have i no longer a son o tahoser if i die you will be queen of egypt why speak of death said the priest's daughter years will follow years without leaving a trace of their passage upon your robust body and generations will fall around you like the leaves around a tree which remains standing have i not been vanquished i who am invincible replied the pharaoh of what use are the bassi relievi of the temples and the palaces which represent me armed with a scourge and a sceptre driving my war-chariot over bodies and dragging by their hair subject nations if i am obliged to yield to the spells of a foreign magician if the gods to whom i have raised so many vast temples built for eternity do not defend me against the unknown god of that low race the prestige of my power is forever gone my wise men reduced to silence abandon me my people murmur against me i am only a mighty simulacrum i willed and i could not perform you were right when you said just now to hoser that i am a man i have come down to the level of men but since you love me now i shall try to forget i shall wed you when the funeral ceremonies are over fearing lest the pharaoh should recall his word the hebrews were getting ready for departure and soon their cohorts started led by a cloud of smoke during the day and a pillar of fire by night they took their way through the sandy wastes that lie between the nile and the sea of weeds avoiding the tribes which might have opposed their passage one after another the hebrew tribes defiled in front of the copper statue 
made by the magicians which possessed the property of stopping escaping slaves but this time the spell which had been invincible for centuries failed to work the lord had destroyed it the vast multitude advanced slowly covering the land with its flocks its beasts of burden laden with the riches borrowed from the egyptians dragging the enormous baggage of a nation which is suddenly migrating the human eye could see neither the head nor the tail of the column which disappeared on either horizon in a cloud of dust if any one had sat down by the roadside to see past the whole procession he would have seen the sun rise and set more than once men came and came and came always the sacrifice to the lord was a vain pretext israel was leaving the land of egypt forever and the mummy of yusuf in its painted and gilded case was carried along on the shoulders of bearers who were relieved at regular intervals so the pharaoh became very wroth indeed and resolved to pursue the fleeing hebrews he ordered six hundred war chariots to be prepared called together his commanders bound around his body his broad crocodile leather belt filled the two quivers in his car with arrows and javelins drew on his wrist his brazen bracelet which deadens the vibration of the cord and started followed by a nation of soldiers furious and formidable he urged his horses to their topmost speed and behind him the six hundred chariots sounded with the noise of brass like earthly thunder the foot soldiers hastened on but they were unable to keep up with his impetuous speed often the pharaoh was obliged to stop and await the rest of his army during these halts he struck with his fist the edge of his chariot stamped with impatience and ground his teeth he bent towards the horizon seeking to perceive behind the sand whirled by the wind the fleeing tribes of the hebrews and raged at the thought that every hour increased the interval which separated them had not his officers held him back he would have driven straight before him at the risk of finding himself single-handed against a whole people they were no longer traversing the green valley of egypt but plains varied with many changing hills and barred with undulations like the surface of the sea the framework of the land was visible through the thin soil jagged rocks broken into all sorts of shapes as if giant animals had trampled them underfoot when the earth was still in a condition of mud on the day when it emerged from chaos broke the stretches here and there and relieved from time to time by their abrupt breaks the flat horizon line which merged into that of the sky in a zone of reddish mist at vast distances grew palm trees outspreading their dusty leaves near some spring frequently dried up and in the mud of which the thirsty horses plunged their bloodshot nostrils but the pharaoh insensible to the rain of fire which fell from the white-hot heavens at once gave the signal for departure and horsemen and footmen started again on the march bodies of oxen or beasts of burden lying on either side with spirals of vultures sweeping around above them marked the passage of the hebrews and prevented the angry king from losing their track a swift army practised to marching goes faster than a migrating people which drags with it women children old men baggage and tents so the distance was rapidly diminishing between the egyptian troops and the israelite tribes it was near Vihehiroth that the egyptians came up with the hebrews the tribes were camped on the shore but when the people saw shining in the sun the golden chariot of the pharaoh followed by his war chariots and his army they uttered a mighty shout of terror and began to curse moshe who had led them to destruction 
in point of fact their situation was desperate in front of the hebrews was the line of battle behind them the deep sea the women rolled on the ground tearing their clothes pulling out their hair beating their breasts why did you not leave us in egypt slavery is better than death and you have led us into the desert to die were you afraid that we should not have sepulchres enough thus yelled the multitudes furious with moshe who remained impassable the bolder took up their arms and prepared to defend themselves but the confusion was frightful and the war chariots when they charged through that compact mass would certainly make an awful slaughter moshe stretched out his hand over the sea after having called upon the name of the lord and then took place a wonder which no magician could have repeated there arose an east wind of startling violence which blew through the waters of the sea of weeds like the share of a giant plough throwing to the right and left briny mountains crowned with crusts of foam divided by the impetuosity of that irresistible wind which would have swept away the pyramids like grains of dust the waters rose like liquid walls and left free between them a broad way which could be traversed dry shod through their translucency as behind thick glass were seen marine monsters twisting and squirming terrified at being surprised by daylight in the mysterious depths of the abyss the hebrew tribes rushed through this miraculous issue forming a human torrent that flowed between two steep banks of green waters an innumerable race marked with two millions of black dots the livid bottom of the gulf and impressed its feet upon mud which the belly of the leviathans alone had rayed and the terrible wind still blew passing over the heads of the hebrews whom it would have thrown to the ground like grain and keeping back by its breath the heap of roaring waters it was the breath of the lord which was dividing the sea terrified at the wonder the egyptians hesitated to pursue the hebrews but the pharaoh with that high courage which nothing could daunt urged on his horses which reared and plunged lashing them in turn with his terrible thonged whip his eyes bloodshot foaming at the lips and roaring like a lion whose prey is escaping he at last compelled them to enter that strangely opened road the six hundred cars followed the israelites of the rear-guard among whom were poeri rahel and tamar believed themselves lost when they saw the enemy taking the same road that they had traversed but when the egyptians were fairly within the gulf moshe made a sign the wheels of the cars fell off and there was a horrible confusion of horses and warriors falling against each other then the mountains of water miraculously sustained suddenly fell and the sea closed in whirling in its foam men and animals and chariots like straw caught by the eddies in the current of a river alone the pharaoh standing within his chariot which had come to the surface shot drunk with pride and anger the last arrows of his quiver against the hebrews who were now reaching the other shore having exhausted his arrows he took up his javelin and although already nearly half engulfed with his arm alone above the water he hurled it a powerless weapon against the unknown god whom he still braved from the depths of the abyss a mighty billow which rolled two or three times over the edge of the sea engulfed the last remains nothing was left of the glory and of the army of the pharaoh on the other bank miriam the sister of aaron exulted and sang as she played on the timbrel and all the women of israel beat time upon onager skins two millions of voices were singing the hymn of deliverance 
End of chapter 17. Recording by Dion Jones, Salt Lake City, Utah.